Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt. Sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Now, here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, we are diving in right away because I am really, really passionate about this issue about poverty in America. And you might be going, oh, eyes rolling, poverty in America, switch off. Don't, because I have been down at the state capitol over and over and over again listening to these lawmakers try to figure out a way to deal with the poor in our community, and they can't figure it out. Uh, they, they're they wi- almost willing to ignore everything the Bible says. They come up with all these ideas, all these schemes. They pull all the government together, and they never actually want to deal with what the Bible teaches on how to have compassion for the poor. And we're all dealing with it, guys. We're all driving by these tent cities. And we're actually going to dive right into this, and we have a great guest today. First, I want to shout out to Michael Arpaio, Michael Deadshot. Our pile on the Frontier Freedom Radio Hour, always bringing great audio, never any problems. That's why we call him the dead shot. Only one shot needed. Producer Jamie Erker, the mighty one, director of communications, producer of the show. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We cover issues facing the Western United States from a Christian conservative perspective. And what's unique, we talk about how unique Colorado Christian University is all the time. There's no university like it in America that has as a strategic priority to impact culture, not just teach students, but to impact culture in support of things like the sanctity of life. We're pro-life you. We believe in the original intent of the Constitution. Is there another university in Colorado that does that? I don't think so. In fact, uh, they're, they're doing the exact opposite. They're telling you that the U.S. Constitution is a racist document that needs to be remade according to Marxist liberal ideologies. But CCU, not at CCU. And one of the other strategic priorities is that we have compassion for the poor. And when we say we have compassion for the poor, it is not to create another government program. Because listen to this statistic from the Heritage Foundation here. The war on poverty has cost the taxpayers of America So the war on poverty, you remember we began this in like the 60s under Lyndon Baines Johnson, LBJ? The war on poverty has cost taxpayers nearly three and a half times the combined cost of all military wars in the U.S. and has had no change on the federal poverty rate. We have spent three and a half times more money than all the wars America has fought combined. And we haven't moved the needle according to the federal poverty rate. I mean, that that's just amazing. What a massive waste. And not only on that note, is it a huge waste of taxpayer dollars, which we don't just grow money on trees. You know, Joe Biden's kind of printing money right now, but that's taxpayer. That's money that was taken from you and me and given to help people that are struggling in poverty, and it hasn't done anything. So that's one consideration. Secondly, we care about the people. I don't know what's happening in this country where we have people living in tents, using drugs, and we think that that's just an acceptable lifestyle. Not because we want to shame the people, 
but as a brother and sister in Christ, as someone that looks at each human being as being created in the image of God. And then we just go, well, that's okay. That's their choice. We're going to let them just disappear. We as conservatives, particularly Christian conservatives, believe passionately that human beings should flourish, that they should live great lives, that they should have great communities, great families, great jobs. That's what we care about. And so when we see these tent cities, I get fired up. And then I go sit at the state capitol. And they can't figure this problem out because they will totally ignore what actually matters. I mean, it's mind-blowing. I remember texting uh, our lobbyists. I was sitting down there in this committee meeting, and I go, you could pull seven people off the street, and they'd have better ideas than the people that are elected to represent us. They have no idea what they're doing. They keep their one solution is let's build another government program. Meanwhile, we have people living on the streets, drug addicted, broken families, little kids that aren't getting the opportunities that they need, and we just plug along. I think one of the most important things you can do in your civic life is spend five minutes at a hearing down at the state capitol, and you will learn within five minutes that you have people that would that you would never hire in any other aspect of your life. You wouldn't hire them to mow your lawn, babysit your kids, work for you. You wouldn't want to work for them. And yet they are writing laws that affect every aspect of our lives. It's so broken. We need a different vision. And that is why I am very excited to have our guest on with the Social Capital Campaign, Chris Bullivant, the director of the Social Capital Campaign. Chris Bullivant leads the Social Capital Campaign. Previously, Chris helped to establish a leading London-based online commentary magazine, Unheard, and two think tanks. UK 2020 focuses on improving environmental policy and global food security and the Center for Social Justice, which developed a welfare and poverty policy platform adopted by the incoming prime minister back then, David Cameron. His commentary has been published in the American Conservative, Unheard, and the Daily Telegraph. His interest in public policy was formed while working in faith-based nonprofits, working with the homeless, and with students seeking to improve their local communities in the UK. He has a master's in political sociology from the London School of Economics and a bachelor's in political science from the University of London. He's going to sound a little different. Out West, we sound a little different, but uh, Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Jeff. It's great to be on your show. Thanks for the introduction. Well, and you've got a great team you've built here. Uh, you've got some good friends of mine. Rick Santorum's the chairman of Patriot Voices. He's on your advisory board. You've got Ian Rowe. We've hosted him at Colorado Christian University a number of times. Catherine Lopez, the editor-at-large at National Review. Dr. Brad Wilcox, director of the National Marriage Project at the University of Virginia, whole host of great folks here. And then you've got your team that you've put together that's working directly on poverty issues. Kiki Bradley, Mark Rogers, great friend of, of the show. So what is the social capital campaign? And please help us figure out another way forward than just another government program. 
Right, that's right. Well, yeah, we, we the social capital campaign is made up of a great team of really good people from across the centre right, um, who've done really great uh, scholarship um, and and thinking um, o- over many years, and we're pulling them together uh, to create a, a policy platform that an incoming presidential nominee could take off the shelf and run with if they really want to tackle some of the social capital and poverty issues that you're describing um, taking place in Denver. So, so yeah, we're, we're, having a, we're having a really um, fun and productive time putting that together. So you guys are building like, now for a new president to be able to take this, probably a conservative-leaning president. And tell us what social capital is, because I learned first about social capital when I was in seminary. Took a class on... Uh, alleviating poverty, worked at a homeless shelter. And social capital is different than, cap. it's got the word capital in it, but it's different. Explain what is social capital. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think we've, we, Senator Mike Lee at, um, on, on the Hill uh, through the Joint Economic Committee created this thing called the Social Capital Project. And my understanding is that he was perhaps looking at similar issues. Like you're saying you go um, to the state capital and you're like wondering, what is it these people are talking about? Why don't they understand basic reality of how life works? And so in some senses, I think that this term for social capital is a way to talk about family, faith, and common sense approaches to how to live in a way that feels stripped of its kind of like moral overtones. So we talk about social capital to be able to bring people who are on the left to kind of a place of common sense, but also just to be able to provide some sense of measure of the impact and importance of good neighborhoods, stable families, and the massive role that faith groups and nonprofits play in making life work. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about social capital, those rich network of relationships that you have growing up as a child, so your family, extended family, faith groups, and then those rich network of relationships as an adult, so your um, friendships, your marriage, your family, and then your professional network. All of those things take place outside of your relationship with the state, with the government. Um, and they are really all the things that make life work and enjoyable. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to promote, because federal policy can either get in the way of that or it can help that. So an example of social capital, my dear listeners, friends of the Frontier Freedom Hour, would be if if one of us hit a hard time, a vast majority of us listening to the show, you either had a, a, a tornado take out your house or you lost your job or some type of medical crisis in your family, you have a whole network of friends, family, coworkers that you could call upon to help you, right? Go fund me. That's an example of kind of social capital that turns into actual capital. But you have networks, you have family members. If I was in trouble, I could call upon my parents and stay with my parents for a while. That's a notion of social capital. So when we're dealing with poverty, you're dealing with people that don't have that or they've spent it, or it's broken down so they don't have parents, or maybe they never really had parents to engage with. Uh, They don't have family members or siblings or coworkers that can help them, and so they end up in a tent under an overpass. Um, That's kind of a general example of what social capital is. So we're talking with Chris Bullivant, the director of the Social Capital Campaign. They're coming up with policies 
to help us deal with poverty. We're going to give back to him right after these messages. You're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour. 